Today's episode is sponsored by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash BrainsOn right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to BrainsOn, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Quick, Penelope, bring me the syringes. Excellent. Now the shakers. Uh, I, I don't know, I guess all of them? Look, we're running out of time. Good, good. Now the final step. The Infuso Master 3000. <laughs> yeah, I know it's dangerous. I invented it, Penelope. Well, I, I didn't make it dangerous on purpose. The risks are worth the rewards, Penelope. We're going to change the world as we know it with this invention. We have to press on. Oh, yeah, no, we should totally put our safety goggles on first, though. Good call. Okay, now let's do it. Let's turn on the Infuso Master 3000. Here we go. <laughs> it worked. Penelope, we did it. It's alive. It's alive. Okay, no, you're right. It, it's not alive. I'm sorry. I just always wanted to say that. It sounds so cool. Okay, still, they said it was impossible. They laughed at my Kickstarter campaign. They said things like, Sandin, this is going too far. And Sandin, you still owe me $3. Ugh, I said I'd pay you Thursday, Penelope. Stop ruining my moment. Jeez. Ahem. They said I was mad. But who's mad now? Because my invention worked. I've created the world's first sugar-frosted, sugar-coated, sugar-infused vegetables. Ha <laughs> ha Welcome to the age of sweet salads, caramel carrots, honeyed habaneros, and sugary spinach. <laughs> Now, all that's left is to taste it. It's terrible. Well, I'm not going to throw it out. You know, the taste kind of grows on you the more you eat it. No, I was lying. It's still terrible. It's actually getting worse the more I eat it. I don't know. I just can't stop. Uh, no, you can't have any, though. It's kind of important I eat all of them. I don't know why. Well, because I invented it. And you're a dog. Stop barking at me like that. Ugh. Ugh, this is awful. You're listening to Brains On from 8PM Studios. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Zoe from Philadelphia. Hey, Zoe. Hi, Molly. Zoe, you wrote us with a very sweet question. Yeah, I wanted to know if sugar rushes are real or not. So, Zoe, what inspired this question about sugar rushes? Well, at school, before the pandemic started, everybody, like, always went really crazy after we had, like, a sweet treat or something. So I just started wondering. 
I remember in your question that you originally sent us, you said like, my parents told me they're not real. What is one piece of information that makes you think it is real? The fact that my classmates are bouncing off the desks. And then what's another piece of information that makes you think it's possible it might not be real? The fact that not everybody gets them. Hmm. Very good. So do you have a favorite form of sugar? Mint chocolates, peanut butter chocolates, Skittles, M&M's, just about every kind of sweet that exists. <laughs> I have never met anything that involves sugar that I do not like. <laughs> it is very delicious. And you're not the only one curious about sugar. These listeners have some questions, too. Hi, my name is Charlie, and I live in Cleveland, Ohio. And my question is... Why is sugar so delicious? Hello, my name is Jasper, and I live in Portland, Oregon. And my question is, what is sugar made of? My name is Aiden from Oakland, California. My name is Amelia, and I'm from Fredericton, New Brunswick. My question is... My question is, why do do people people like like sugar so much? My name is Aiden. I'm from Winter Park, Florida, and my question is... How does sugar make you hyper? Hi, my name is Mimi from Chicago, Illinois, and my question is, why does sugar make you hyper? I was thinking about this question why I had so much candy at night and couldn't fall asleep. Thanks to Charlie, Jasper, Aiden, Amelia, Aiden, and Mimi for sending us those questions about sugar. Did somebody say sugar? Oh, hey, Sandin. Sandin, what are you doing here? Well, I overheard you talking about sugar rushes, and it just so happens that is exactly what I'm after. I feel a Sandin scheme coming on. Molly, it's not a scheme. It's called a strategy. You see, I need a sugar rush so I can start building my next great invention, the supersonic Sweet Stash-O-Matic. A super stealthy machine that will find the best hiding spots and stash all of my candy in the best secret spaces. It's basically a box with creepy metal spider legs that will get up and crawl to a new hiding spot every 24 hours. That way no one, not Mark, not Gungador, not even Elevator, will be able to find my collection of candy and confections. But first, I need some extra energy. I don't know, Sandin. It seems like you already have lots of energy. Oh, I do. But if I'm going to build this supersonic sweet stash-o-matic, I'm going to need all the energy I can get. I mean, just saying the name is a workout. Why did I make it so long? I don't know. Plus, we're talking about sugar. Come on. Don't you just want to eat something sweet and delicious? Here's the game plan. I'm going to start strong with some super fruity num-num cereal. Like, maybe one bowl or six. Follow it up with a couple of spoonfuls of molasses, scrumptious, maybe throw in a candy necklace just to be safe. Okay, a a little bit of sugar is okay, but this sounds like overkill. Yeah, we're worried about you, Sandin. We wouldn't want you to get a stomachache. Whoa, 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 whoa. Here's the thing. Your body actually needs sugar. Just listen to my friend Monica Deuce. She's a professor of biology at the University of Michigan, and she studies how sugar affects the brain. Hey, Sandin. Hiya, Monica. I was just telling everyone here about how our bodies need sugar. Isn't that right? 
Yeah, so all of our cells need fuel to survive, not just because they burn it as energy, but also because they use parts of the food we eat as essentially building blocks or bricks to build cells or different structures like hair or skin. And our cells really love uh, sugar because they can burn it really fast. And so they can utilize it almost immediately. And so that's why it's one of the best form of energy. Okay, did you catch that? Sugar is one of the best forms of energy. It helps our cells build and grow and gives them energy fast. Let's think about the most common way to think about sugar, which is the white crystal substance that, you know, in the food packets, at restaurants or coffee shops or in your kitchen cupboards. Or in super fruity num num cereal. Mmm, num nums. And so that sugar, uh, it's known as sucrose, and it's made of two different building blocks of sugar, glucose and fructose. And so when we eat that sugar, our body breaks it down. And then those two, glucose and fructose, are actually take different paths in our body and so are seen in different ways. For example, the glucose goes into our bloodstream and then reaches the brain, and then it helps tell the brain that... What we're eating has energy, and so it's a very good, positive feedback. So the glucose breaks down, goes into our bloodstream, and not only does it tell our brains it's eating a sweet, it also delivers that sweet, sweet energy to our cells. Let's get the old zoom ray out and see how those cells are doing. Wow, look at those cells go. They are hyped. Glucose doing the glucomost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like Monica said, that glucose also makes its way to the brain, which starts releasing this chemical called dopamine. And the dopamine makes us feel really happy. I am the brain, and I feel sweet. Dopamine, dynamite. And what happens to that other building block Monica mentioned? Not the glucose, but the fructose. Ah, yeah, that does something different. The fructose doesn't reach our brain. The fructose goes to different organs in the body, to the liver. And in the liver, the fructose is turned into other kinds of molecules. One of them is like a type of fat. I'm the liver and I'm going to take this fructose and turn it into fat. That way we can store more energy for later. And I'm going to need that energy to build this supersonic sweet stash matic See, ta-da, our bodies need sugar. That's why we like it. That's why it's the best. The end. End of episode. Goodbye. Let's roll the credits. See y'all. Thanks for coming. But the sugar you're thinking of, the kind we use in bacon and candy and all that, that's not the kind of sugar we were eating as humans evolved. Too bad for them. But so what? Sugar is sugar. You're right. When our cells process sugar, no matter where it comes from, it's the same process. Honey, maple syrup, starches like bread. Sugar is sugar. But, and this is an important but... Really? No one's going to comment on that? For most of human history, we didn't eat anywhere as much sugar as we do today. Lucky for us, we have a friend here to help us explain. I'm Ken Albala at the University of the Pacific in Stockton, California, and I'm a food historian. So, Ken, what kind of sweet things did our ancestors eat? Well, there wasn't a whole lot that was sweet in nature that they could access, mostly fruit. Sweetness is calories, and that's why we're hardwired to like it. 
You know carrots, right, Sandin? Yeah, they're adorable. Well, back in the day, they were seen as sweet. I love carrots, but they are not dessert. But they do have sucrose and glucose in them, just like white baking sugar. But foods like carrots also have lots of other stuff in them, too. Things like fiber and vitamins and starches. Starches are sugars, too, but they're multiple sugars stuck together, so it takes your body longer to break them down. That means the energy you get from those sugars is released more steadily over a longer period of time. But eventually, we figured out ways to separate the sugar found in plants from all the other planty stuff in there. Which clever humans did that? I'd like to personally thank them. Well, getting sweeter things has a lot to do with um, partly travel and movement of plants and partly discovery of ways to uh, concentrate that sugar. So, so in the case of sugarcane, very few people had access to it because it comes from New Guinea. Sugarcane is actually a kind of grass. It looks a bit like bamboo, and inside is loads of sucrose and water and not much else. So it was you know, literally just isolated, and people there, of course, chewed on it. But figuring out a way to press out the juice and then to evaporate it over a fire and then to refine it, all those are different stages. So there's really nothing like sugar in nature that's that concentrated sweetness. Right. The juice of sugar cane tastes kind of like the sugar we use for baking and such, but it's not as powerful a sweetness. But to get little crystals of pure sugar, you'd have to find a way to take just the sugary stuff from the plant and make it its own thing. The first place that figured out how to do that, to concentrate and refine that sugar cane into just sugar, was in India. High fives, India. That process is at least 2,000 years old, and that first kind of refined sugar is still in today. It's called jaggery. It's brown, usually comes in little cones, and is, of course, delicious. But they weren't using it to make cotton candy and super sweet treats. Think of sugar as a spice. That's really its, its primary role. Um, in India and then in medieval Muslim cuisine, Chinese cuisine and Southeast Asian cuisine, you know, it's, it's all over the place. Humans also figured out ways to separate out sugar from other sweet plants like sugar beets and corn. And today, sugar is in a lot of the foods we eat, not just what you think of as sweets. If you get a fast food hamburger, say... Every single thing, every ingredient has sugar in it in some form or another. The ketchup especially is tons of it. But even the bread, even the meat sometimes is sweetened. So because we like sugar. So, so you know, manufacturers figure if we can just take sugar in some form, put it in food, people will like it more. We'll sell more of that product and we'll, we'll be making money. I don't think it's on people's radar how much sugar we're actually taking in and that it is essentially non-nutritive, right? It doesn't have, it gives you calories, but there's no, you know, other benefit from it. Right. Sugar gives you energy, but no vitamins or fiber or any of the other things your body needs. And if you eat a lot of sugar, <clears throat> sand in <clears throat> your body gets used to it. And if you eat sugar on a regular basis and you suddenly stop, you, you notice it, right? You might feel a little crabby, maybe a little tired, because your body is used to getting that quick influx of calories and energy and dopamine. But after a little while, if you eat less of that pure sugar, your body will adjust and you won't miss it as much. Your sense of taste will adapt, too. After a while, you'll be able to pick up on natural sweetness better. The same thing can happen with other strong flavors, like chili or salt. If you ever use like a, a bouillon cube, or canned broth, it's really, really salty. I mean, even, and and if you make a broth at home, it's just kind of like, seems flat or something's missing. And you, if you 
keep using <laughs> the homemade for after a couple of weeks, you taste it. And, and all of a sudden you taste carrots and celery and bay leaf and things that you just don't get in the, in the cube. So you're saying I should try to eat less sugar. Everything in moderation, you know. Wait, hey, so if I eat less candy, then carrots will start tasting sweeter like candy. That's one way to look at it. Carrot candy, here I come. Thanks for your help, Ken. Lovely. Take care. Brains on. Okay, Zoe, I have a sweet treat for your ears. It's time for the mystery sound. Here it is. Zoe, what did you hear there? Um, something scraping, maybe? Mm-hmm. What might be the thing scraping? you have any, uh, any ideas? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe, like, a knife. Maybe, like, a knife over a cutting board or, like, mm. being sharpened or something? Ooh, very good guess. Well, we're going to give you another chance to guess and reveal the answer right after our episode credits. <laughs> We're working on an episode right now about long journeys, and we need your help. If you were walking around the world, what is one place you definitely want to make sure you saw? Is it the pyramids in Egypt? Maybe the glowworm caves in New Zealand? Or perhaps it's the lovely rolling hills of western Wisconsin? Zoe, what's one place you'd want to make sure you saw? Um, that place in China or maybe India where there are all those colorful buildings? Taj Mahal? Oh, Taj Mahal. Yeah, that's in India. Very cool. Yeah, that's a beautiful place. Listeners, send us your answer at brainson.org slash contact. And speaking of trips around the world, you can head to our website, brainson.org, and pre-order our brand new book. It's called Road Trip Earth. It's a super fun journey from the center of the earth to the outer atmosphere. It's chock full of facts and comics, and we think you'll love it. You can pre-order Road Trip Earth at brainson.org. And if you have any drawings you want to share with us, or mystery sounds, or questions, you can send all those to us at our website, brainson.org. That's where we got this question. Hi, my name is Alex from San Antonio, Texas. My question is, do we have our own gravity? Like how the Earth pulls stuff toward it? To hear the answer to that question, find our brand new Moment of Um feed wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Search for Moment of Um in your favorite podcast player. Thanks, and keep listening. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, 
the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Zoe. And I'm Molly. And I'm Sandin. And I'm also having a sugar rush. Wait, didn't you just tell us you were going to cut back on your candy intake? Yes! So why are you and Penelope currently playing hopscotch on our couch cushions? Penelope has the zoomies, and I have a sugar rush. You see, I wanted to make sure that I'd have no candy to tempt me, so I got rid of all of it by eating it. Oh, dear. But Zoe's not sure if sugar rushes are really real. Well, I know for sure that sugar rushes are real. Why else would I be up here hanging from the chandelier? <laughs> it's pretty impressive how I trained Penelope to sit on his shoulders like that. Sandin, get down from there. You could hurt yourself. No problem. I'll just jump down, land on this trampoline, <laughs> and keep jumping. Woohoo! <laughs> this is so fun. Okay, Zoe, I did it. It's our pal Catherine Sunquist. I looked into your question about sugar rushes, and I found the answer. The idea that eating a bunch of sugar at once will make you super energetic is... Drumroll, please. On it. Thanks, Andon. It's simply not true. <sighs> what? No way. I, I, I just learned that my body uses sugar for energy. And I just ate a lot of sugar. And I am so excited. I mean, just look at me dance. Doing my dance. Moving my feet. Everything's great when you eat last week's. Well, it's true that sugar gets turned into energy. But our bodies don't use all of the sugar at once. When you eat something with a lot of sugar, only a little bit gets used right away, and the rest is stored away for later. Your body works very hard to keep the amount of sugar in your body steady. Not too much and not too little. So even if you eat an entire bag of candy, your body will only use some of that sugar for energy right away. So it shouldn't make you act bananas. Wait, really? It's true. In one study, researchers brought together a group of kids. One half of the group ate sugar, and the other half didn't. Then, the researchers watched the behavior of all the kids afterwards, and they couldn't tell which kids had eaten the sugar and which ones hadn't. It wasn't like the sugar group was bouncing around and the non-sugar group wasn't. But every time I eat sugar, I do act bonkers. Like at birthday parties. I eat a piece of cake, and I can't wait to jump in a bounce house and yell at the top of my lungs. Oh, and I just ate my whole candy stash, and Penelope and I have been running around, dancing and jumping, and generally cavorting ever since. That makes perfect sense, because most of the time when we think we have sugar rushes, we're actually just excited about something else going on around us. Like today, maybe you were just happy to hang out with Penelope and run around with her when she had her zoomies. Or when you were at that birthday party, you were actually just excited there was a bounce house and lots of presents. The sugar wasn't making you act out of control. It was all the fun and excitement of the occasion itself. Maybe you're right. And actually, I'm starting to think sugar rushes aren't real, because... I feel like I could fall asleep at, like, any second. Oh, I forgot to mention. Sugar crashes are very real. Oh, boogers. Really? Sadly, yes. When you eat more sugar than usual, your body releases something called insulin, which helps to lower the amount of sugar in your blood. This keeps the amount of sugar in your blood at a normal level. But after all the sugar you ate is used up, you're left with much lower levels of sugar in your blood than before you ate the sugar in the first place. When you have low blood sugar, it can make you feel tired or even cranky. I'm not cranky. You're cranky. I'm going to go take a nap. Come on, Penelope. Aw, it's so cute. I didn't realize Sandin and Penelope could fit in that doggy bed at the same time. It happens a lot. Aw, they're even snoring in unison. Adorable. Sweet vegetables. 
Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and tiptoe out of here. Snuggle in here closer, but I'll be. Humans have evolved to love sweet things because if something is sweet, it means it has sugar in it. Sugar gives us energy and also allows us to build fat to store that energy for later. Sugar is in a lot of foods, like carrots, potatoes, rice, and apples. But those foods have a lot of other things in them too, like fiber and vitamins, and they take longer for your body to break down than just plain sugar. Sugar rushes aren't real. You're getting energy from the sugar you eat, but that extra level of excitement comes from your circumstances. But sugar crashes are definitely real. That's it for this episode of Brains On. This episode was produced by Manica Wilhelm, Sandin Totten, Mark Sanchez, Ruby Guthrie, and Molly Bloom. We had engineering help from Johnny Vince Evans and production help from Trisha Bobita, and our intern is Catherine Sunquist. Our executive producer is Beth Perlman, and the executives in charge of APM Studios are Lily Kim, Alex Schaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Special thanks to Rosie Dupont, Nadine Cavanaugh, and Nick Gillowitz. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. You can support the show and help us keep making new episodes by heading to brainson.org slash fans. While you're there, you can donate, join our free fan club, or check out our merch. Before we go, Zoe, let's go back to that mystery sound again. Here it is. I think that is definitely a nice scraping because I thought I heard some kitchen sounds in the back there. So maybe like a knife scraping or a knife being sharpened. Yeah, like, basically what I thought before. Okay. So what's the answer? Okay, here's the answer. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm from Denver, North Carolina. That was the sound of me peeling carrots. I was peeling carrots for Thanksgiving dinner. I find them sweet when they're in a carrot cake. And the best time, in my opinion, to eat carrots is when the carrot cake just came out of the oven. Mm-hmm. So you were not so far off. It was There's in the kitchen. something happening with <laughs> knives. Sort yeah, of. Right. yeah. Yeah, it was in the kitchen. There was a metal implement being scraped against something else, which is exactly what you said. It just happened to be being scraped against a carrot. So I think that's pretty great. Now it's time for the Brains Honor Roll. These are the kids like Ben who send us their mystery sounds, drawings, questions, and high fives. Alex from Singapore, Theo and Levi from Downington, Pennsylvania, Sawyer, Delia, and Abel from North Richland Hills, Texas, Atticus and Riaz from San Francisco, Fabi from Peachtree City, Georgia, Luke from Kansas, Anna, Tess, and L from Madison, Wisconsin, Cora and Ray from Bainbridge Island, Washington, Jose from Queens, New York, Saskia from Hoggesund, Norway, Emmett and Evelyn from San Jose, California, Avian from Seattle, Olivia from Medea, Pennsylvania, Liam from Salt Lake City, Amy and Olivia from Lincoln, Nebraska, Avery and Chase from Oak Harbor, Washington, Jackson from Allentown, 
Newtown, Pennsylvania, Regan from Colorado, Evelyn from Bloomfield, New Jersey, Adair from Toronto, Luke from Bothell, Washington, Laszlo from Falcon Heights, Minnesota, Ian from Centerville, Virginia, Elliot from Glendora, California, Addison from San Francisco, Ben from Aberfoyle Park, Australia, Elliot from Indianapolis, Anna, Ben, and Emmett from Charleston, South Carolina, Millie from Denver, Cade from Omaha, Bodie from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Adeline, Brindley, and Callie from Bozeman, Montana, Alden, Simon, and Noah from Pleasant Grove, Utah, Rory from Bangkok, Thailand, Max from Cologne, Germany, Elsa and Joe from Gatineau, Quebec, Mason from Encinitas, California, Colin from Houston, Ella from Cincinnati, Archer from Melbourne, Australia, Cooper and Thea from Brisbane, Australia, Bryn and Benjamin from Glassboro, New Jersey, George and Charlie from Squamish, British Columbia, Jonah from Needham Heights, Massachusetts, Jillian from Oyster Bed Bridge, Prince Edward Island, Philomena from Dix Hills, New York, Jovi, Finn, Bridger and Foster from Harriman, Utah, Emma from Thornton, Colorado, Evelyn from Napa, California, Amisha from Sayreville, New Jersey, Liz from Gastonia, North Carolina, Cole from Dallas, Thalia and Logan from Littleton, Colorado, Tesla from Broomfield, Colorado. Augustus from Mendota Heights, Minnesota, Austin from Spring, Texas, Luke from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Audrey from Arlington, Texas, Lucas from Chubbuck, Idaho, Shreya from Katy, Texas, Prisha from Balakinwood, Pennsylvania, Shailen from Ardrosan, Alberta, Eleanor from Piedmont, California, Dia from Sammamish, Washington, Owen from Minneapolis, Melody and Nieva from Partlow, Virginia, Beatrice and Shersha from Silverton, Oregon, and Xavier from East Hampton, Connecticut. Brains On will be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.